This evening's Dharma talk is titled Stability, Stability. We would all like some stability, usually, most of the time. So, we're going to get that. We can't seem to hold ourselves still. We can't seem to hold our mind still. We can't seem to level out and be smooth. Uh, Once we have a little bit of stability, something comes along and ruffles the whole thing up and causes discomfort or dissatisfaction, anxiety even. And so through the sitting practice of meditation, through mind training, we begin to, uh, in our tradition, a little bit different than some ways of approaching this. Some people are trying to be more stable. And we, if you're following this, pardon, following this uh, in the way that I talk about it and other teachers talk about it, is it's about looking at the instability. It's about looking at the, the, the flux, the change, and the constant reorienta- reorientation of everything to everything else. Impermanence, coming and going and coming and going. Things get better, they get worse. If they get better, they're definitely going to get worse. If there, something comes into existence, it's going to pass out of existence. Chaos. So it is about looking at, about observing that chaos. And seeing that you are not going to be able to control that. And so depending on the person, depending on the causes and conditions that arise as your own personal karma, your own personal way of shutting down, your own way of, for that matter, starting up. That particular situation, you need to hold still and watch that for long, long periods of time over and over and over again without interrupting it, without uh, trying to stop it, interrupting it or making it increase or without ignoring it, looking away and allowing that spinning to go on uh, in the other room uh, behind the curtain uh, under your kitchen table. I know weak metaphors, but that's all I've got. So how do we do do that? How can we have some kind of stability? Uh, You might translate that into the word uh, peace. You might translate that into uh, the word you might say how can how can I possibly have some 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 kind of uh, uh, tranquility or balance when by looking at chaos or by looking at my mind which is chattering about this and, uh, and moving this way and pulling on that and wanting demanding this and not wanting that wanting to stop this wanting to start that wanting to justify this validate this get praise here and blame there. You know, it's uh, as the Lawrence Ferlinghetti book that he wrote of poems in the 1950s, The Coney Island of the Mind, a great book of poems. I didn't read it. So the way it seems that we need to work with this idea of stability is to, uh, as I said before, is to watch the movement, watch the movement, and to not add on to the movement any comment, any any um, opinion, any observation, any uh, conclusion or about the shape of the movement or the reason for the movement or the, uh, and, and personalize it into, if you have negative feelings arise in your mind about anything, even if they have no apparent source, no story behind them, do not interfere with them. If you interfere with them, this just gives fuel to that part of the mind that is a problem in the first place, which is mistaken identity, that there is a solid being, a solid self. 
there is no solid self in the relative sense. It's interesting that the, to use the model of the, the form of the eight consciousnesses of a sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of smell, sense of hearing, sense of seeing, sense of thinking, and the seven consciousness or the sense of me, what about me? Or the sense of uh, what's threatening me or what's advancing me or who's criticizing me. All of that, me, 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 me. Next talk I give will be titled Me, Me, Me. Do you hear me? And the eighth consciousness, which is not to be left out, is that uh, uh, an incredible, um, immeasurable of the vasanas or the, the habit energy that comes down or comes up or comes over or comes with, uh, from within or from without. It doesn't matter. Direction is uh, unimportant in this area. We're talking about consciousness. There's no direction. There's no time. Go back and review your last dream. Was there any space there? Prove it. Was there any time? Was there a linear quality to it? Somewhat, but was it like time? Very interesting area. That's that's your one area where you can get some kind of a clue, some kind of a hint about what this is that we're in, that we're apparently in. And you get an idea of that mistaken identity called the self or ego or the klesha mind. So just let's you do it very literally. Say something comes, something is triggered, something you do or see or hear, uh, smell, taste, is triggered in some way to use a literal example to come down out of the eighth consciousness, comes through the seventh consciousness, and on the way through, it gets all dressed up. So wait, don't, don't go into the thinking mind yet. Don't go into the sense fields. Don't go into anything. Let, let me put this little jacket on you. Let me put let me put a helmet on you. Here, you might might need this sword. Here, here's a couple of hand grenades. And what I'm saying is, the, the that passageway is uh, gets interrupted. And does it work this way? I don't know. Someone uh, uh, that knows more about this than I do could come along and say, "Oh no, it doesn't work exactly like that. It actually goes this other way." Well, maybe you should listen to them. I'm trying to, endeavoring to encourage you to look closely at the way your consciousness works rather than try to get you to believe something I'm saying. Don't believe anything I say. I'm here to encourage you to, to take a look at your mind, not to tell you what your mind is. You need to find out. You aren't going to believe anything I say anyway, and you shouldn't. This is not propaganda about anything. There's nothing to believe, nothing to disbelieve, nothing to ignore. So that being said, I'm just saying that that's how it looks. It looks like something, some aspect or part of the mind, or since we'll, we'll use the, the, the teachings of the Vijnanabhada, the Yogacara teachings, Vijnapti Matra, or any more technical things I can think of to make it sound convincing, is, is a really incredible way of talking about the way the mind seems to be working. So if nothing is done, if, no, if there's nothing dressed up, if there's nothing, nothing covered up, changed or reshaped or just that, that habit, habit energy comes from the eighth consciousness and is completely pure, comes down into this, into the sense field, starting with the six, but the, just a processing thinking mind, uh, with clarity, with no, nothing extra coming. Then we're getting close to perception only. We're getting close to a, a fundamental direct perception of what this situation is that we find ourselves in as apparent human beings 
And that which sees that habit energy or that those uh, seeds, the bija, the seeds or the vasanas, and they're coming from the eighth consciousness, consciousness, or to take it the other direction, at the sign, whatever triggered that coming out of your your uh, living room, out of your uh, telephone, out of uh, the front yard, out of your your partner or your neighbor or your mom, dad, brother, sister, child, your dog, something happening somewhere that triggered that, that caused that to come down. Both those directions come together. And that which sees that, if there's no conclusion about it, if there's no exclusion about it, and there's no, nothing happens other than that occurrence, then we have pure perception. Just a way of talking about it. And what is that? It's without a self, and it's without an other uh, belief in a self, belief in another. The, extent, the extreme uh, problem there is warfare. The whole nation is going to war because of the charisma of one particular uh, um, oligarch, ego, uh, identity, strong ego form will, will magnetize a whole group of people going into war because they all have the same issue on lower scale, but they don't know what to do about it. They meet someone who who, who likes that feeling of power and they take people into war. We've seen it over and over again. I think the Peloponnesian Wars are the best example. So the Second World War wasn't great either. My my biological father did not come back from that war. Didn't want to go in the first place, but didn't know how to get out of it. So stability. So where's the stability in all of that? The stability is that that which sees, if, if that which sees, sees clearly with no addition, no subtraction, no division, no math at all, that's stability. It's like the sky is completely stable, no matter how many storm clouds go through it, no matter how many rainbows appear in it. Of course, the sky is quite a bit more interesting if there's a rainbow. But that doesn't mean that we're necessarily attached to that doesn't mean that we reject the storm clouds and are attached to the rainbow. We're pre we appreciate everything. And what does appreciation mean? As far as I'm concerned, appreciation means allowing something to be what how it appears, not how you think it appears. You can even appreciate uh, really bad art. might be more challenging. You can really appreciate music that you might not particularly care for, the way it's put together, but you can have an appreciation for the, the sound, uh, the understanding of putting sounds together in a certain way. You could appreciate it. You could actually appreciate your own uh, emotions that are being triggered by this, that, the other thing, that you're actually, you're free and well-favored. You're lucky enough to be born into a into a, the, this realm of desire where you have the opportunity to stumble into the teachings of the Buddha. Not my teachings, Buddha, the awakened one that you are so lucky that instead of wandering in uh, circles, you actually stumbled into a straight line. And that straight line is straight to uh, realization. So that which sees the confusion is stable, but it might take you a while to, to uh, see the way you get magnetized into the emotion or you get uh, pushed away from the emotion or you, because of the emotion, you tend to want to shut down and not look at it, ignore it, shut off, 
close off from it. So I basically say that um, when you sit down, hold still, look at the wall, you're training your mind to be brave, have some courage to fundamentally, whatever arises is exactly what you need to see. It's exactly your particular form of, of uh, wisdom. That is, of course, wisdom that may be covered up by several laminations of your beliefs, your opinions, your ideas, your conclusions, hope. And, and the other uh, the other bandit, fear. The, uh, it's been called the, the two bandits of hope and fear are the ones the, that ambush your wisdom in the form of a centaur. Or is it pronounced centaur? Rhetorical question. Huh? Tor? Tor. Isn't that another name for mountain? Tor? Okay. Same tor. Questions that have them? Is stability something we should seek? No. I mean, we do we, we do want to, we kind of spontaneously want to be stable or be secure or stop vacillating around. But the uh, the seeking situation can be can be difficult. But you can also just look at the seeking. That which looks at the seeking or seeks is also stable. A fundamental state stability that is not a relative stability. Stability is opposed to movement. It's just fundamental stability. It doesn't need something else. The experiment. Mm -hmm. So is um, the practice of training our mind a way of seeking stability? In a certain way, we're seeking to be, the seeking part is wanting to be aware, wanting to, getting kind of tired of samsara, kind of tired of the materialistic, outlook and getting you know talking to people all the time and never having a conversation that's any more than uh, what they bought what they've sold uh, how much money they're making what job they have or or it might be how miserable they are or what you know how they constant complaints about their mate or just not that they're, you're going to have some of that wherever you go but the, it's going to be less around people who are practicing because they're beginning to take responsibility for their own emotions rather than blaming people or projecting things out on their environment. So there, there's some of that happening, but it's not spiritual materialism until, until it becomes some kind of a demand that using a spiritual path that we, we're going to squeeze results out of it. It's, uh, as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche said, the title of one of his books was The Path is the Goal. So the, like the path is the goal. You don't, you don't, the fruition is none of your business. What is your business? Each step. Each, each, uh, like the name of our uh, noon study that we do here in the monastery every day, footsteps. Just each step, each how, guy. How is it that searching is fundamentally stable? So it may not seem that way uh, in the beginning. Uh, some teachers, uh, the, the the Indian teacher of the last century, Papaji, would tell his students, "Give up the search." And you know, you can't really give up the search. But, it's, but you can look at the way that helps you look more closely in the way you're looking for something else. So that actually draws some of the, of the energy away from it and allows it to settle down and be a less demanding. So it's not you're going to be able to give up the search, but there can be less of a demand or kind of some kind of results and more about just where, where am I? What, what is this path? What, what does it feel like to get up every morning? And uh, in, in your situation, being a, a resident here, to get up every morning and at uh, six o'clock, six thirty, whatever, and come in to 
Assuming you do that, don't you? Good. <laughs> Just checking. And to come in and practice and chant the sutras. I mean, kind of, the ego mind is kind of like meaningless kind of chanting every morning, morning after morning, and then sitting and looking at a wall for another hour or so, and then doing other kinds of work. And then in the afternoon, there's another two and a half hour session there. Come back and sitting through that. You know, and all that time we're, we're, there's kind of a searching person there, but the more we do that, there's less of a search and more of just seeing what, what is in front of us or what is well, how the wall shows up, how the sounds in the hallway, sound of someone getting up and leaving the zendo to go to the restroom. All of those things uh, get uh, observed very closely without a lot of uh, extraneous additions or uh, 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 judgments or evaluations and so on. So that's uh, where the you could say the awareness kind of gets stretched, so there's more awareness than there are uh, objects or items in the awareness. It takes a while to do that. In order to look at stability, don't you have to look at the other side of the coin too? Yeah, the the way we begin to understand the stability uh, is, is to look at the lack of stability or the confusion or the coming and going, just watch the thoughts come and go. Don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. And at some point, the there, there will be a quality of uh, stillness, and that quality of stillness uh, is uh, shows up as the observing part. It isn't a, it isn't an, it is not an identity, but it's a quality of receiving something. Uh, the, the Japanese have a phrase "misu no kokoro." Misu no kokoro means mind like water, so it's just receptive. Mind is just if. Nothing happens, the water just sits there. You don't even know it's there. But if the wind comes up, then, then we have waves. Then we have, then the water gets a personality. So it's, uh, but the mind is just like water. So, Looking at that image of the mind being like water, how does the stillness help us see it when it seems like it's a lot more obvious when there's waves in it? I think it's just a matter of time, which is not existent, of course. But. Just continue to look at it. Just look at the movement. If you add anything to the movement, like it shouldn't do that, or there needs to be more of that, or that's none of my business, or I'm not interested, or that's uh, uh, that's beside the point. Any kind of addition or comment or analysis, even if it's relatively accurate, it still causes more circularity. So it seems to be necessary to just watch the movement, and in that way you begin to see what this is. You, you begin to actually become aware of the observer of that movement and instead of what the movement's about, who did it, what are the politics of experience. We don't get involved in that. Instead, you just see the movement, just the movement. And then the movement, uh, um, depending on th that whole, how, the, how that whole dynamic is showing up, you'll begin to understand that that which is observing that is isn't anything in particular, uh, which is stillness, silence, not a, not a person, no credential, no proof. So then you have just a perception, just a perception of it, not the object, not the perceiver, just a perception. Michael, how are the perceiver and the object not not the perception? What is was different about it. It's just that when you see something, you're seeing me. So there's a Michael is over there, and there's a, a person there, and there's a person over here. 
So there's a strong separation there. You're there. I'm here. You can leave. I can stay. I can leave. You can stay. Uh, I can win a million dollars. You can't. (laughs) So there's a strong contrast there. And we just go, most people just go through life with that contrast. They just deal with that all the time. They just impute or believe or assume that everything's different, everything's separate, and they better watch, you know, better watch out for number one. Better watch out, you know, look out. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should look out, but don't do anything more than that. Don't add on a philosophy about it. You should look out for number one. You should look out for yourself and be careful. And we should uh, walk in front of a bus just because it's driven by a kind-looking person. What? Choose How is it different from an evening book study? Different time of day. <laughs> um, uh, they're different. And then at the noon book study, I've given a name to an evening book study. I'm saying to show up. But what is different about them that causes that absence of a name to show up for the evening? Like, why not? Why don't they have the same name? I think the, as I think back over, I think the noon book study started before there was an evening book study. That's right. And then in the 11 a.m. book study. So the, and all the other book studies I haven't named because I start to get confused about what is called what. So do you think the evening ones, there's two of those here, and then there's one in Traverse, and there's one in the the morning in Petoskey, the evening in Grand Rapids, and the evening in Amazon. Yeah, so I, I can't call them all footsteps, or can I? Which flavor of ice cream do you like? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> As do I. Further questions? Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen from New Zealand. There she is again, yeah. over there in New Zealand. She asks, can stability recognize itself? Hmm. You know, you could you could say that, but I I wouldn't get. I mean, I'm not in, uh, devaluing your question. I'm just saying I, I wouldn't go uh, too much into that direction. I would just just keep it very simple. It's just very simple. It's just not moving. Uh, uh, there's plenty of things moving around, but it's it's uh, we we get the idea of stability by movement. But if there's no movement, then there's no stability, nor is there any movement. So all that being said, I would say, yeah, I'd go along with that. But, but don't, don't do any math around. Don't add it up to something else. Just leave it right there, right flat like it is. If it stays flat in your mind, then there's some, uh, there's some direct understanding of it. But if you do anything with it, if you make it into a, any kind of a, a tiny micro philosophy, then you've abandoned what you just understood. Yes. How does the concept of stability reinforce the ego? When it's grasped, when it's when we try to grab on and be stable and stop our mind from going this way or going that way. We try to make our mind, we try to condition our mind. Some some meditation practices are about stabilizing. And uh, although I study those pretty extensively, I don't teach them because I don't want to. I was grasping at or looking for that relative stability different from seeing actual stability. The actual stability is not created 
and uh, grasping at stability is grasping at a concept or idea of stability and try to try to squeeze that into the stability that's not created. Stability that's not created is always the case. You're always awake. You're always completely not separate from the Buddha. And you're always stable. Your fundamental nature is stability. But being born into this uh, impure realm we call the desire realm, um, get your work cut off for you, depending on the karma that's been tracking you for centuries. So then deal with that the best you can. This is a spiritual path, a pretty good way of dealing with that in a direct way. Yes. What is fundamentally stable about the apparent or relative instability? The apparent or relative instability is a, an illusion. It's unreal. So it's illusory. Whereas the, the actual stability, which is not something that's stable, it's just fundamental stability. It's not separate from that. Here we go. Is the stability stillness? That's a word for it that we use. It's a relative. We have to use words. We have to use these relative concepts to discuss anything. So, still, excuse me, stillness would be uh, relative to movement, and stability would be relative to uh, spinning or chaos or confusion or instability. Just like uh, uh, enlightenment is uh, contrasted with uh, delusion. Oh, we need those kind of polarities. We need to look at those polarities so that we can fundamentally understand. And that fundamentally, fundamental understanding is that those polarities are not separate, just like pain and pleasure are not two different things. They're two words for the same thing. Nerve endings. Pune. So are the polarities stable? Which one? Pain, hot, cold, wet, dry. Mainland potholes. Hmm? The polarities are just are just concepts that are pointing to different aspects of life or our experience, and separating them out. Pain and pleasure. Not saying that pain isn't, you know, abrading the nerve endings isn't painful, but also having a feather running over your hand, as I said probably hundreds of times, is uh, you know pleasant, somewhat pleasant. So it's the same nerve ending. And this happens in, the, in the, all the consciousness, including the mind. Music is a good example because it shows you the complete uh, subjectivity of the whole thing. Is sometimes uh, some people uh, might listen to uh, um, Merle Haggard and be totally uh, um, entertained and thrilled to listen to that song. Another person might just not care for that. Same, same uh, situation of hearing auditory, especially in the arts. It shows up a lot in the arts. Same thing with the visual art or painting. It's a very interesting area where you can, several people can look at the same thing and some people can understand what that is on a deeper level through their visual consciousness. Butter pecan ice cream. They're stupid. I <laughs> 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 like vanilla. Yes. It seems to me when you're talking about clarity and is familiarity then just another word for grasping? Paraphrase yourself. I'm not, I'm not clear on what you're Well, asking. when you were talking about music and Merle Haggard, and 
I've come to believe that uh, the more familiar you are with a type of music, the more you like it. There's been instances when new uh, symphonies have been played for the first time, and nobody likes it. But today, we love it. Okay, then what's the question? I got you. What's the question? So is familiarity part of, of what makes things stable? Well, it probably has something to do with it. And is that a type of grasping? I don't think so. Grasping is actually wanting something to be different than it is. It's, it's wanting something else. And that can be the kind of grasping that pushes something away. I don't want, I don't want this. No, I, want, I want things to be different than they are. I don't want this around. Or I want more of this. Or uh, I can't seem to get any control over this, so I'm just going to ignore it. That's another. Those are the three basic forms of uh, the three poisons. Shut up. It reminds me of something we that got brought up in the book study today. It seems like if we're looking at that area of um, grasping and wanting something else if we're if there's already inertia of that happening like there's already like habit energies going on it seems like to want that to stop is just another another layer of wanting that to be different than what it is so is there is there a wanting something to be different than it is that isn't tied up with the content of that I think there could be different levels of it, but is that, is that your question or what, what is it you're looking for there? Anytime you want something to be different than it is, whichever layer could be the, one of the layer, different layers you're talking about there. Anytime you want that, that should be observed rather than concluded or rather than pushed on, pushed away, which is a double negativity or enhanced or shut down on. We should just observe it. If you just observe it, that's way. That is the way in, wh and in which you eventually begin to see that the perceiver and the perceived are not two separate things. Understand the vichara or perception only. Yes. If things are still showing up, is there some kind of wanting something else going on? It won't matter. Want to hear more? If you, if you are looking to see if there's something else going on, that's the very nature of confusion. Something else that there's that very low level about about the thick uh, as thick as a onion skin of paranoia about I think there's something else. I think there's something else going on. Follow me. Otherwise, you wouldn't ask me the question. You said, "Is there something else going on?" What if I said, "No, nothing else going on"? Would you believe me? <laughs> you mean you've not been following me? Is 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 a uh, convoluted here? Is a question, and I've dropped down into the level of oblivion and, and helping you with the various ping pong balls that are bouncing off all the walls there. And I've grasped a couple of them, and I'm talking about them, <laughs> and you're have no idea what I'm talking. He took all the ping pong balls. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I did it. Interesting. We have a lot of time left. <laughs> Elena. Um, so I'm actually still caught up on the Japanese phrasing news because that's the first time I've heard Kokoro directly translated into mind. It's um, mind art. My, that a little more about that because I was told it can't be literal. So I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But you can, you can, I mean, I, I'm trying to teach. And so I, I first heard that uh, way before, well, I don't know, a long time ago, 60 years ago. And it's always stuck with me. I, I mention it, I think, every now and then. I probably mispronounce it. But yeah, it's a uh, mind like water. More? And I think it's just my understanding of the word is making the translation kind of jargle in my head. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, well, I could talk about it. It's, the, the consciousness, I, the consciousness, not the thinking process, just just the mind, that which receives, that which hears, you know, that which smells, tastes, touch, the, the receiving part, not just the, the production part, with, you know, just surfing um, out stuff all the time, but the, the receiving part, the appreciation part, the receiving, receiving sound, receiving smell, taste, touch, receiving thoughts. You do not produce thoughts. If you think you do, you'll continue to suffer on some level. Thought production is none of your business. What is your business? Aware. Be aware. Be aware. Be aware. Be aware of what's moving. And if you're aware of what's moving, then eventually you'll begin to understand mizu no kokoro. Mind like water. It's just water. It's the winds of karma that come. The effect of your life and the karma in your life is blowing and it blows that water. So it blows up big waves of water. And those waves have a personality that that are in plus and minus, and I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, it's a good wave, a bad wave, good situation, bad situation. So you could take the image further and say, just drop down a little bit underneath those waves, complete stillness, unless there's a, an eel or a snake or a, no, ducks don't go down there. Other questions? Yes. Um, earlier, you said um, uh, if nothing is dressed up from the eight, you can drop down in into the six with nothing extra. I think you said mm-hmm. something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. are you saying that we can go from the vasana straight into the six sense fields uh, without the? When when it goes through the seventh, the seventh can't notice anything that's suspicious. And there it goes. But if it comes down and it has some kind of hooks on it, then it gets caught and it's stopped and it's rephrased, it's re-lettered, it's re uh, re-stamped. Not approved. Uh, this is Jim's fault. Here comes this negative emotion. Just a way of talking about it. Just a metaphorical ideas about it and then it comes down then we experience then it comes into the six consciousness again just a, a structure there isn't there is no six consciousness there's just consciousness but it comes into that and then mixes with everything becomes part of that whole elaborate sensorium and uh, that whole uh, uh, the entirety of the consciousness and can cause issues problems and that's mixed with all the other things where your heredity is involved in that Everything is, you know, the weather is involved in that. We all, some people are very, very sensitive to it. It starts raining out right away. Don't feel good. You know, what you eat, I'm sure you noticed, what you eat determines how you're going to feel. Certainly does with me. Most of the people I've talked to at all about that are going to have some reaction or that to food. You do not have it. Or it might be very subtle and maybe you don't notice anything. Don't you? Kevin from, I'm not sure where he is at the moment. Um, as long as he knows. Asks the question, you referenced Berlinghetti earlier. Can a poem be said 
to have stability, or is it just grasping? You referenced Ferlinghetti earlier. Can a poem be said to have stability, or is it just grasping? So if I talk about a poem, particularly I would say some poems are pretty stable and some poems are unstable <laughs> or are just collections of words that people are hoping they stick together. But if the, something about language uh, transcends the very words that it's made up of, and, uh, and there are some poets who he was one of them, who was a very, had a very powerful ability to take a language which apparent, has apparent meanings and apparent shapes and sounds and put it together in such a way that it was totally, uh, had total respect. It wasn't about making the person into a wonderful poet. It wasn't even about making a wonderful poem. It was about respect for the language, respect for the way, shape, form, sound, smell, taste, touch, that words, when they come together and we hear them in the sound, in a sound or they see them in the glyphs on a page, whether it's complete uh, respect uh, for those shapes. A uh, very similar thing happens in the Enso practice when we do the stroke practice or when we do uh, uh, in the Chambala tradition where they do have the, 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 uh, um, the stroke of Ashe, um, which is a Russian ink awareness practice in Chambala. Um, complete respect for that, for what it means, what it shows up as, how it looks, and everything. Then, then it has a kind of stability that is not uh, doesn't it is not relatively stable it's stable in the minds of those who receive that to see or understand it or uh, are aware of it so i can think of <clears throat> i can think of several poems that would show up that way but for me and for someone else they might prefer you know leaves of grass i don't particularly care for him once i found out that he was a bigot did you know that you told me oh good <laughs> i have no proof he probably all Walt Whitman was a wonderful guy. Go ahead. My question is right now is about when Shoka came to the altar, when he first came up to the altar, he moved things around a little bit in adjusting things. And I've seen you do that. What is what is going on there? Is is, is that about respect? Is uh, several things. It's uh, about uh, observing a form. And it's about um, uh, just the placement of objects on the altar. They need to be a certain way. And uh, sometimes they're not placed where I said they should be placed. It's not that I'm right. It's just that I gotta have some kind of form and you know, rather than have we got a next door neighbor come over and do it, I'm gonna do it. So, uh, and so I put things where in a certain place, and most people in here, I've never given a class on it or a tutorial particularly, but I would rather watch how people observe that. So, um, more about that? It's just a, it's very simple, but it's uh, well, about awareness. It, what struck me then, we did the, uh, the chant, and you know, there's the line in it, form is emptiness, emptiness is form. Mm -hmm. So, I'm listening. So I'm wondering if forms are empty, why do them? So that you can see that they're empty. I mean, exactly. That's a good question. But if you just uh, assume that the, you know, like, well, uh, if we're already awake, 
and why should I practice meditation? You have to practice meditation so you can see that you're already awake. It's an astonishing situation to stumble and you suddenly see that it's always been true. You've ignored it your whole life, that you're not separate from the awakened one, from the Buddha. As far as this path is, it's not a religious pathway, including the Buddha. So you have to practice it so that you can uh, stop covering it up because we were born covering it up. And it gets worse usually because our parents, our culture makes it worse for us, makes it even harder because people are paranoid. Good question. Yes. Yes, from William Murray, who is in South Bend yes, today. Uh, he asks, through observation of the senses, do the senses become more prominent and the sense of self decline? It used to seem this way, but I can't observe it anymore. That, that could happen. That's not necessarily something we're trying to do. Uh, the idea is just uh, we tend to um, uh, we tend to have a, a default to go to our mind for everything. Anything that happens, we immediately go into our thought process to tell us what we're just seeing. Go into our thought processes to tell, tell us what we're thinking, or tell us what we're smelling, tasting, hearing, uh, feeling. Rather, just stay with the feeling. Just just feel. Just see. Just smell. Don't miss your life by by abandoning everything that is completely and generously offered from this world into your sense fields and shut down and opt for some kind of secure feeling about, well, at least I'll just think about it and I'll concentrate on it and I'll, I'll figure this out. You probably won't figure it out. So there, there might be some of that. Uh, I understand what he's, I think I understand what he's, uh, William, what you're saying, but I, I, I feel it's uh, it, it might be more about the the the, the mind not being quite as prominent. Uh, it's possible that you might hear things more clearly without knowing exactly what you're hearing in a conceptual way, but might have more of a of a uh, might be more able to actually receive the sound itself without continually having to laminate something on it to make sure that it's you know what it is. Conceptually, other questions. Sure. In that case, like thinking of like a bird chirping and not knowing what it is, and then having a bird chirping that label of cardinal, is that any less direct than if we didn't know what the bird was at all? Same thing. It's always about awareness, not what occurs in the, here's the awareness, and here's what occurs in the awareness. What occurs in the awareness is going to be the ten thousand things. The awareness is just this. Awareness is always here. Uh, it, to one who has realized this, uh, it's called uh, authentic presence. I mean, they're always present. There isn't anything but the present moment. This doesn't mean they ignore their wristwatch, but there isn't anything but the present moment. The present moment doesn't leak into the future or seep back into the past. It's always now. You might say, well, yeah, anybody can say that. Well, Anybody can say that as a concept, but to actually live that is authentic presence. You're always here. There is no future. There is no past. There's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing to regret. More? If it's always about awareness, then what does it mean um, when you talk about us covering something up? Often the Ignoring. So if it's always about awareness, you don't know what this is. You see it, and you're receiving all of the aspects of vision, of sound. Those are all coming through, but they, they don't have a bunch of post-it notes all over them. Excuse me. A bunch of post-it notes all over them explaining what everything is. 
you know, so you have a feeling of not knowing if there's if there's any semblance of an ego that thinks that's real. Me, I'm real, and I can be hurt, or I can be criticized, or I can be wrong, or I can be right, or I can be puffed up, or I can be king of the universe. If there's anything of that uh, crap going on, then you're going to be worried about what is here, and you're going to avoid the present moment, so to speak, and live in the future, or regret the past, or always be caught between that situation all the time. Very, very difficult. I'm not saying that depth psychology, psychoanalysis, psychoanalysis, or or uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, or set, uh, twelve step programs can't help you some. They aren't going to help you fundamentally because you got one thing you're going to have to face, and that that's more fundamental than any of those things are going to address, and that's death. That's the ending. It's either your death, or your mother's death, or your parents' death, or your spouse, your child. Those are difficult situations. More. Go ahead. It's confusing when looking at that because it seems like even if we're covering it up or the ego or, or anything like that, I think of like how it's talked about, like it doesn't leave an imprint on the sky. So what's the encouragement in the path to kind of to look at that if it's not about the content, if it's not about what arises? I'm not sure what's the encouragement. There. There, there's not, you can't, nothing, nothing to get. You don't need anything else, but you have to realize that. If, if, if realization on this path, if realization comes about, you won't want anything else. I'm not saying you're not going to uh, want a cheese sandwich. You might. Simple things like that. But there's no there's no demand on anything anymore. You know, something as simple as like, get it, it's, there's not a problem. You don't start churning around about it. No grasping at anything. There's no rejecting anything. And there's no ignoring at anything. It's called liberation. And it's a, it's an ordinary mind. Keshepa, as the Tibetans call it. Izo no kokoro. Exactly as I said it. <laughs> this doesn't mean that there won't be waves and, and, and rocks and shoals and thunderstorms and lightning and chaos coming and going all the way around. But there's no one and uh, there's no, there is experiencing that, but there's no being experiencing it. The being who is experiencing that is uh, immovable. When I say immovable, I'm just saying it's talked about that way because there isn't anything to move. There isn't any imputed person that could be moved this way or that way. It's confusing because if you're, you've been practicing for five or six years, you start to think you're kind of getting somewhere, you know, and you notice that you're a lot more stable, a lot, 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 less, lot less, more, less, lot more, no. Wow. <laughs> you notice that, then, uh, you know, then you start to get worried because you don't know who you are, what you're doing. You think you're falling, but you think, you think you're, block, what is that called? Backsliding? Yeah. You think you're backsliding. When actually that's just the nature of phenomena. It comes and goes, it backslides, it gets ahead. But that which is real doesn't do anything. Stability, which I return to the title of it. You'll notice when I give a talk, I always forget what I'm talking about until 10 minutes later. And then I remember that word because there isn't anything I can't talk about. Well, there's that one thing. We're gonna mention that. Eventually I'll give that talk. It'll be the talk I never gave. Sent you. What is it to respect language or shape or anything? Uh, I think it's not, it's not to meddle with it insofar as we can. And it's just about imp impossible not using language all the time. It's just, it's just about impossible not to get it tangled up or 
to do things with it that are not are not so graceful or workable that don't that are more about the the crunchiness of the word shapes or whatever rather than the communication and as i i talk about phrase fillers all the time which i have phrase fillers also and sometimes if somebody has too many phrase fillers then it actually mars the very 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 information they're trying to uh, put forth because they're so they're so on a level that they don't even realize they're needy for some kind of response to everything you're saying. So somebody every every eight words will say, right? Well, the way you do this is to paint it black and turn then scrape all the paint off and then paint it blue, right? And then when you get done with that, then you wash it down with the hose, right? And then you, you know, right, 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 right. They don't even know what they're doing. Or if they might notice it, but they don't. They don't go in with any kind of understanding about what they're using. They're using language, and yet they're not respectful of the language. I'm not saying they're being deliberately disrespectful. Not going to be doing that, but they're they're disrespectful in that they are not using the language in a way that is uh, called skillful, respectful. I think is good. So, and we're all going to do some of those. We're all going to have odd pronunciations and. Of things that don't fit. It's it's how a, a it's how a, 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 a it's how a French person <laughs> who's probably not watching right now, but it's how a, how someone in France would hear hear us trying to pronounce French and get kind of a sick feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean you shouldn't practice it. Of course you should, or or any language, even. Uh, Chinese, Mandarin, Japanese. We're at the end of our showboat. <laughs> Thank you, my friends. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our Red Champ books. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We also receive donations through PayPal online or through our website, debit and credit cards. Thank you, as always, for your continued financial support. May meritless penetrate to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Kajya Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light, protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with life. 